Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us this morning, Mary Jo Burgess, Executive Director of CASA for Kids of East Texas. CASA standing for Court Appointed Special Advocates. Mary Jo, I know you visited with us before. Great to have you back. Lots of important information to share. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus, and InFocus is uploaded to our website by the day after the show airs. CASA for Kids of East Texas, court-appointed special advocates. Uh, it's been around for a long time on a national level, and I know for a little over 30 years in the East Texas area. Tell us a little bit about CASA for Kids of East Texas, CASA in general, and how it works, and uh, what you're busy with here in the um, Smith and adjoining counties area that you serve. Yes, John, we were formed in 1990 here locally in Smith County, and then we expanded to Van Zandt and Wood counties as well. Mm -hmm. um, originally, we were formed in Seattle, Washington by a judge who realized that he didn't have all the information necessary to make decisions for abused and neglected kids that had been removed from their homes. So he thought, what better way to get some eyes and ears out there um, on the streets for me than to have community volunteers who've been trained and are passionate about helping children. So that's how we were originally formed in uh, Washington. And then here in Smith County, we started off, John, with three kids. Wow. Three. And, of course, we've grown, and we'll speak uh, to our numbers in a little bit. But our volunteers um, are trained and then become appointed by our courts, our family courts here, to serve as the guardian ad litem for the children who have been removed from their homes. They build that relationship with them that's critical. They visit them at their placements. They find out what their needs are. And then they go to court and report to the judge what they're seeing, what their recommendations are, how they're doing on their healing, recovery, if they're needing any services, health, um, counseling, how they're doing in school. The judge takes all of that into consideration, and then he makes decisions for those children, largely in part based on what those guardian ad litems have brought to him. Okay. And you work with kids in the foster care system, I understand. That is correct. Uh-huh. Now, uh, one thing that we kind of want to get squared away early on, and a few weeks ago we had uh, Deanna Sims, no relation in, from the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County and two very, very important organizations, but still a lot of people continue to get them confused. And if you could take a minute to give your version of how CASA differs from the Children's Advocacy Center of Smith County, all the while remembering that the, both of them serve a very important purpose in the community. Yes, we work with the same children, um, but if you want to think of it like a timeline, um, a report comes into the hotline about a potential um, abuse situation. The Children's Advocacy Center uh, works with doing investigations. So they bring the children in, they interview them, and they, and they do some training as well um, with families. Our role begins once the child um, has been removed from their homes. So at that point in time, CPS becomes the legal guardian, 
and then CASA is appointed as the guardian ad litem for the child. So our roles are totally different, even though we're working with those same children. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, really largely a matter of covering the waterfront, if you will, to make sure that these uh, kids who are really in uh, traumatic situations get the best care they possibly can. Let's talk a little bit about CPS. Uh, you have the judge, you have CASA, you have uh, Children's Advocacy Center and Child Protective Services. Uh, a little bit about how you work in tandem with Child Protective Services to make sure that everything is done properly and the kids get the best care they can. You know, you've heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Many times, yes. And so this is no more um, prevalent than in this situation. It really does take a village um, cooperating together. So CPS is the legal guardian, Mm -hmm. and they have a very large caseload. What we do is have a total different role. Um, As the guardian litem, we have volunteers that are assigned to a case, and usually it's one case, not multiple cases. So our volunteers are able to go visit the children, and then their role is simply reporting what is the best interest for the child. Sometimes we all agree. Sometimes we don't. Mm Mm-hmm. So it takes a village to raise a child. That's uh, as many times as we've heard that. It still just bears a lot of significance in in so many situations where people are uh, looking out for different types of individuals' welfare, this one being no exception. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus, and we're talking this morning with Mary Jo Burgess, Executive Director of CASA for Kids of East Texas. Uh, A little bit of contact information. We're going to talk about this a little later on. You have a new campus, actually about a year old, just outside the Tyler City limit. Uh, southwest of town off Highway 155. You're at 3616 Westway Street. Um, phone number is 903-597-7725. And you can go to casaforkidsofet.org, the website for lots more information. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pick your social medium, um, whichever one you like the best, and they, they, they have all of that, too. Uh, your vision, I'll just go over that briefly, to assign a CASA volunteer advocate for every abused and neglected child that needs one. And um, your mission statement is on the website, and it pretty much is a, a thumbnail form of, I think, what you've already described. Again, you support abused and neglected children in Smith, Van Zant, and Wood counties. Um, Let's go to some of the things that I know you specifically wanted to address when we communicated before air. Um, COVID-19, things are getting better, fingers crossed, but we still have it to deal with, and it's affected everybody, needless to say. How did COVID-19 affect abused and neglected children in our community and CASA for Kids of East Texas? Well, from January through March of last year, we were already seeing a 25% increase in the number of children assigned to us. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when um, COVID came in and children were no longer in school, those numbers kind of slowed down a bit. It's very concerning when you think about that because our educators are our number one source of reporting um, probable abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. So without those eyes on the children and the fact that we have still seen an increase in 2020 of the number of children served it's very troubling so what happened with us we still had this high number of children we still needed advocates we still needed to see the children so we turned to facebook which became one of our greatest allies um, in recruiting volunteers 
We also um, transferred our in-person training to Zoom, which has also become one of our greatest allies. Mm -hmm. So we have been able to attract um, a working class uh, volunteer who is now able to, after their long day of work, go home and um, join us online for training. And that has been very successful. The greatest challenge has been for our advocates in putting eyes on the children. So we adopted multiple methods, Skype, Facebook, phone calls. Our volunteers read stories to children over Facebook. Mm -hmm. They did even scavenger hunts um, by FaceTime. Hey, show me your room. And where do you eat? And where do you put your clothes? So they figured out creative ways to still make sure that they were checking on the children. We are now allowing our volunteers and our um, staff back out in person to visit the children, and they are just delighted. Um, but the fact that our numbers still um, are high up, in fact, John, we set a record number of children that we served in 2020, which again is very troubling when most of the children were not in person in school. Mm. Um, do you have any figures that you can share with us on that? I do. We served 734 children between Smith, Van Zandt, and Wood counties in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, now, do you expect that trend to continue in 2021, keeping in mind that uh, COVID-19 is abating, but then there are the ongoing challenges of just the kind of work you were doing even before the pandemic? Yes. Now that children are back in school and combine that with the stress that families have experienced as a result of COVID, um, we expect those numbers to skyrocket even further. So far in 2021, we are up 15% over last year. Oh my goodness. Um, how is the organization preparing to handle that increased need? That must be a real challenge for you. Well, it's interesting that several years ago, our board of directors and our leadership um, strategically planned on um, a growth in the number of children served. Here in um, our local program, we do not turn away any assignments from our court. And that's not necessarily the case um, across the state and the nation. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to continue that work to, to accept every single child and began planning on how can we best serve um, a growing need of children and a growing number of volunteers. And the number one answer was we needed more space. Mm -hmm. So we began a capital campaign. We identified a new facility. We purchased it all during COVID, began renovations, and our new space is triple the square footage that we had in our old space. Mm -hmm. We are talking to Mary Jo Burgess with CASA for Kids of East Texas. CASA standing for Court Appointed Special Advocates. I'm John Sims, and again, this is In Focus. You can get more information at casaforkidsofet.org or call 903-597-7725. And now let's uh, talk about that new campus. If I remember correctly, uh, weren't you kind of in the uh, Bergfeld Center area for a while and then moved to, I know for several years you were on South Park Drive in South Tyler and now Westway Street. Again, just on the southwestern edge of town. Tell us about that new facility and how it's really just kind of opened up a whole lot of doors, not only for you, but for the clients that you're serving. 
opening doors is a, is a great way to put it. Um, we have two buildings at this new campus. One will be our administrative offices for our staff and volunteer project area. And it has a what we call our small training room or our boardroom, which is actually bigger than the room we had at our last facility. But the big icing on the cake piece is the second building, which we're calling our center. Mm-hmm. Half of this building is devoted to a conference center that can hold about 100 students when our old one had about 25 that maxed out. And the other half of the building is something brand new for us, and we call that our children's center. And we will actually be able to have on-site visits between our advocates and our children in a beautiful room, tailor-made for kids, lots of room to play, lots of room to get comfy, have those hard conversations instead of trying to fit that in in public places like restaurants or schools. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you've been doing up until now, going to restaurants, school. Remember, remembering that these are foster children. They've been removed from their homes. So that's basically what you've been doing, sometimes having to meet in public? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, I'm sure that'll make a huge difference. Now, how long have you been in this new space? About a year, I believe? About a year. We've been renovating it. The administrative building is open. Our staff have moved in. And the Children's Center and Conference Center will be completed this month. And then our final phase of renovations will be to build a playground and a white walking, biking path that's on our beautiful four-acre property. Mm-hmm. At this point in the show, uh, kind of looking back to 1989 or early 1990 and comparing uh, what it was like back then to what it is now, it, it just from what you're telling me and from my own experience with CASA over the years, it just sounds like CASA is providing so much in the way of uh, nuts and bolts type work and also that very, very personal touch that these kids need so badly that was just flat out missing before, at least in this area, until about 1990. Yes, and you know, every single child, they have so many layers of what they've been through, Mm -hmm. what their needs are, you know, just removing them from the situation they were in, that takes care of those very basic safety um, needs. You hear Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that it's shelter, food, water. But then you start moving up in that hierarchy. You have psychological needs, education, social needs, And so it takes time to find out every single one of those needs and how they can uniquely be addressed. Mm -hmm. And that, needless to say, is where CASA comes in and thankfully has been coming in, at least in this area, for the last 31 years. Thanks. That that really kind of uh, even um, uh, clarifies the picture for me and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners a little bit more. Mary Jo Burgess with CASA for Kids of East Texas, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Um, your greatest needs that your audience can help you with. That's going to be a broad topic and could end up taking up the bulk of the rest of the show, but I'll just go ahead and let you grab that ball and run with it. Start where you think you need to start and we'll go from there. You know, goal to us is volunteers. 
And the myth is that you have to be retired, have lots of time. Yeah. That's that's not the case, John. Um, we have a lot of volunteers um, that are professionals that are working. Uh, we have volunteers in their 20s. Um, so they come from all walks of life and all um, ages and careers. And they pick the time that's convenient for them to go visit the child at their placement and did we mention travel? Mm-hmm. Right, well, we have now. Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of our children are, are placed in Houston, San Antonio, you know, all right. over the state. I've heard about this, yeah. So we like to find volunteers that, hey, do you have some family in Houston and you want to go see them? Well, schedule a time to go visit the child at the same time. And guess what? We'll even reimburse your mileage. Wow. So um, they figure in uh, the time that they want to go do their visits. We ask once a month. Um, The only time that's a little bit more cemented is when the court case um, comes up. Mm -hmm. And those are usually on Thursdays. And they know in advance uh, when their court will be going um, to, when their case will be going to court. Okay. As far as volunteers, CASA volunteers specifically, and you do use other volunteers, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but um, if if someone's listening right now and thinking, hey, I might like to try this, well, on the one hand, that's great, but it is obviously not for the faint of heart. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the qualifications and some of the things that some of the hoops that a a would-be volunteer needs to jump through if they want to be qualified for this uh, kind of work. Well, they have to be 21. And um, they have to be able to pass uh, cleanly a criminal background check. So we will do um, CPS check, uh, background check, and fingerprint check. And the reason for that is because we want to make sure that their advocacy in court stands up. Um, So we don't want to have any of that undermined by something that's happened in their past. Uh Uh, So once those two... Um, requirements um, have been met. We do an interview with the potential volunteer to make sure it's a good match for them. Um, What's their reasoning? What are they looking for? What are they hoping to get out of it? And make sure again that that CASA is a match for them. And then we put them through training. Um, Once they have completed training, um, we assign them to a staff person who is there with them throughout the entire case. Um, There is a guide. They go to court with them, so it's not a scary experience. Mm -hmm. Um, They help them prepare for their testimony in court, write their court report, and answer questions and be there um, just as a support system throughout the entire case. Okay. So if you're listening and you think this is for you, great, but keep what Mary Jo is saying and what you'll find on the website, uh, casaforkidsofet.org in mind, because uh, you certainly want to may, think tw- may want to think twice or three times before you decide that this might be for you. At the same time, and on the other side of the coin, you're really need those volunteer advocates. I don't believe there's been a time in the last 31 years that you haven't been putting out the call for more qualified and dedicated CASA volunteers. So, uh, Absolutely. 
As far as getting in touch, they can start by, uh, I guess they can drop by. You're open uh, Monday through Friday, 830 to 5 at 3616 Westway Street in Tyler. They can also call 903-597-7725, easy for me to say. And um, there's a general email on the website, general at casaforkidsofet.org, and also the website, casaforkidsofet.org. Is there any particular uh, route that is preferred, uh, and maybe a specific person they need to be getting in touch with if they want to volunteer? No, we are all happy to answer um, phone calls, walk-ins, emails, um, and then twice a month, John, we have an online 45-minute, we call them general information session. So if you think this might be something you're interested in, um, but you're a little hesitant, you want to find out more, um, those online sessions can answer a bunch of your questions then before you make any kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. Mary Jo Burgess with Casa for Kids of East Texas, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. And um, another thing that I we probably ought to draw some attention to, you have uh, several Casa values listed on your website, integrity, teamwork, passion, excellence, commitment, empowerment, and inclusion. And uh, as good a time as any, I think, to mention that. Anybody who wants to volunteer for this kind of very challenging but very important work, I'm sure needs to keep all of that in mind. With all of that said, um, some interesting things coming up very soon. I know that uh, things are just now beginning to open up as we hopefully again get past the uh, coronavirus pandemic at some point in the uh, hopefully near future. First one, uh, uh, you've been up on Westway Street for about a year, but you have your grand opening set for June 18th. Looks looks to me like that would be a great time for people to come out and really see in person what you're all about. Tell us a little bit about that event and how it's going to work. Yes, we're working with the Tyler Chamber um, for a ribbon cutting and a grand opening ceremony, and that will be June 18th at 10 o'clock at our Westway property. We will have a flag raising Um, We've invited a special uh, speaker just to talk a little bit about the history of CASA and why our work is so important. Um, We would love to give you a tour um, and talk with you about possibility of volunteering or if you're part of a group. um, We have volunteer projects. We're always in need of things such as gift cards um, for our kids or teen care packages. Um, that we can ship, but um, we would love for you to participate with us at our grand opening. Okay, that's June 18th. Do you know offhand what day of the week it is and about what time of day it's going to be? That's Friday, and it will be at 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock in the morning, and it'll run for, I don't know, things like this, usually maybe an hour or two? Probably less than an hour. Probably less Mm -hmm. than an hour, but still a a short time frame, but could be a real uh, opportunity for people to just get their first... uh, lesson and what CASA is all about and how they can be a part of it. So again, the grand opening, uh, new um, offices for CASA for Kids of East Texas. That's Friday, June 18th, 10 o'clock in the morning with a ribbon cutting and a few other bells and whistles thrown in, as is often the case with (laughs) ribbon cuttings. And we hope the weather will be good too. Should be nice and warm by then. Um, Later on, and this is an event that uh, you held every year for I don't know how many years. It uh, used to be uh, Justices Served on the Square, and it was held in, I think, the month of April. You did it virtually last year, and I understand it was quite successful. But this year, you're moving it to 
the month of October, and it sounds like you're upping the ante quite a bit. A few months down the road, uh, but tell us how things are shaping up with that event right now. Yes, COVID threw multiple little um, snowballs, curveballs at us, and one of them was affecting our um, April biggest fundraiser, Justice is Served. So last year we moved that to October. We kept postponing it, mm-hmm. and then um, COVID didn't go away. So nope. we ended up doing that, like you said, um, virtually. We've kept it this year in October, and for the first time ever, we're going to have that um, on site at our new campus. Um, it will be partially outdoors, partially indoors. It'll be family oriented, come and go. We're going to have food, a live band, um, activities for kids, and, of course, our gigantic (laughs) auction Mm -hmm. that will be available um, online the week of um, our event, as well as um, come in and see those uh, wonderful auction items in person at the event. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. Justice is served not on the square this year, but on Westway Street, which uh, is maybe no more than a five-minute drive from downtown anyway. And okay, again, just going over that family-type activity on the campus grounds, October 12th. That's going to be a Tuesday evening, I believe. Yes. And you have 6.30 until 8.30 p.m. It is a come-and-go event and uh, a big fundraiser for you obviously as well and we'll get uh, to fundraising a little bit more in just a moment your theme is grateful and you say that kind of ties in with charlie brown and snoopy and the peanuts gang what about that (laughs) you know we've learned so much from the the peanuts cartoons and i think they're very applicable to us um all the challenges that the peanuts gang faced and um lucy and her counseling advice so Mm. uh we we think that that theme is very appropriate and we are so grateful Um, that our community has continued to partner with us through COVID. We have been so blessed, um, especially as we worked with that capital campaign and continue to raise funds and continue to recruit volunteers. So we we are very grateful and kind of working that uh, great pumpkin uh, Charlie Brown theme into that. Okay. Why does the term five cents please keep popping into my head? I know you're looking for a lot more money than that. Mary Jo Burgess with Casa for Kids of East Texas, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Quickly, 3616 Westway Street, and uh, the relatively new address, been there about a year. That's the physical address. Phone number is 903-597-7725. And the website with um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram opportunities as far as social media. Website is casaforkidsofet.org. Again, justice is served October 12th. Um, it's a come and go event. The theme is grateful. It's Tuesday evening, 6.30 until 8.30 p.m. You can go ahead and pencil that in on your calendars right now, along with a grand opening coming up June 18th. Um, volunteers other than CASAs, I think we touched on this a little bit a few moments ago, but what types of volunteers are you looking for besides actual court-appointed special advocates? Well, as we mentioned, we have those training events, so we always need door greeters. Um, we have opportunities for different projects. Um, we always need um, receptionist help. Um, June 5th, we have a really fun event coming up. Mm. Um, we're calling it, some people call it a work day. We're calling it a play day. Okay. So June 5th, Saturday, 9 to 12, on our uh, campus, we are asking people to come help us unpack 
our toys and set up our toy room in our center. Hmm. Help us with our library, set that up, get our kitchen ready, strike parking lots if you have uh, any painting skills. So we have a multitude of opportunities, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to have our community come out for a couple hours and be part of making that campus our new home. Okay, you mentioned the toy room. That uh, kind of sounds pretty obvious. Based on what you're telling me, uh, 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 I mean, you know, when you think about it, what is an agency like this without a toy room? A little bit like the Rainbow Room that... Um, uh, uh, the Children's Advocacy Center has. Just having toys to play with can be, an, I'm sure, a very important component of the process. Yes. You know, when the children are removed from their homes, um, they often don't get to take anything with them. Oh, boy. Um, no clothes, that uh -huh. special blanket, that comfort, um, their favorite stuffed animal, a book. Mm. So um, we make sure that we find out what that unique need is for the child. And we have been blessed, again, with um, quite a few donations of new toys. We only accept new because okay. the, the children have been affected so much and had so much taken away that we want them to feel like this is their toy. Mm -hmm. And so it's just for them. Um, the children that come to our new visitation center will get to go shop in the toy room. Wow. And pick something out. In the past... Our volunteer advocates have come on site, picked something out. So this will be something really new and exciting that the child gets to walk into that room and pick out what they want. Oh, boy, that, that just really sounds great, Mary Jo. And as far as, uh, okay, you mentioned that the people can donate new-only toys. You also obviously accept financial donations along with your big fundraisers like uh, Justice is Served. I guess that, well, that is the big one every year, but you can donate online through the website, casaforkidsofet.org, and we certainly don't want to leave that out. We are getting down close to the end of the show now, and just to kind of quickly review, uh, Mary Jo Burgess, our guest this morning on In Focus, talking about her agency, which she heads up, Casa for Kids of East Texas. Don't forget that um, ribbon cutting. Uh, okay, the play day is June June 5th, 9 to noon, grand opening June 18th, and then justice is served on your campus October the 12th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Beyond that, I kind of regret to say we're out of time, but Mary Jo Burgess with Casa for Kids of East Texas, thanks so much for coming in and getting us up to date. Thank you, John. You bet. Mary Jo Burgess, Casa for Kids of East Texas, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next week on In Focus. <music>